from the PSI ASI Mobile Studios at Big Sky Resort in Montana 2019 National Academy. We're here chatting with Josh Fogg of the national team. Josh, it's been three years and I finally get to talk with you. Well, same, yeah, it goes both ways. <laughs> Glad to have finally get a chance to sit down and, and chat. Nice to, nice to have this happening and uh, good topic I think we're gonna be uh, discussing. I've been hearing the word tactics a lot lately, and it's not really something that's come up a whole lot in uh, the previous 31 years I've been teaching. Right. But um, why do you feel that this is really becoming such an important topic? Uh, you know, part of it uh, I keep thinking about is how when we play other sports, it's really our tactics that determine how we're actually going to play the sport. And when we try to become better skiers and ski instructors, we sometimes forget that aspect of, of how it can actually affect our, our performance. We get kind of wound up in our own, all the minutia of what we're doing and the thinking about all that versus where are we really trying to go, how fast are we going, what's the snow conditions, etc. And let's kind of, what's your definition for tactics? That's a great question. Um, you know, honestly, when I think about tactics, it's you know, it's similar word to strategy. Uh, a lot of it has to do with how do I want the ski to interact with the snow. And when I think about that, it's a lot to do with the speed. It's also the locations, the exact locations of where I want the ski to go in the snow and how I want the ski to interact with that, whether it's skidding or more carving. Um, so I think about it like that and how I piece that together in a, in a large picture of the run versus just little increments within the turn. Well, it sounds like you're talking about some very small bits that are going to be happening really that determine how the big picture takes place. Exactly. That's exactly how I think about it. You know, it's similar. Some of the analogies I make is thinking about, not that I play tennis, but um, it seems to make sense in my mind about... Um, it's very set. You know, one of the things you're learning to do in tennis is you have a very defined location. You're trying to put the ball and trying to hit the ball. And so that determines how you're going to stand and how you're going to swing the racket and, you know, how hard you're going to hit the ball, uh, whether you're going to put any spin on it. All of that, uh, having that tactical outcome determines actually how you're going to hold the racket, swing the racket, when you're going to hit the ball, how you're going to stand. And then depending on where the ball is coming from, that keeps changing the actual application of movements or the technique to achieve that outcome. So in a way, it's your adaptability to what the mountain throws at you. Exactly, exactly. And a little bit of uh, not just responding directly to the mountain, but determining a, a course of action or a plan uh, ahead of time of where, and ongoing, where do I want the skis to go? Uh, having having some pretty specific ideas, so it's very proactive. You're very you're very much in the moment, or even slightly in the future, thinking about where you're going to go, so your body can react. It can use all the training of the drills, the activities, the discussions, all of your technical know-how, and you can rely on that in a much more um, unconscious kind of way or subconscious kind of way, I guess, probably a better way to say that in subconscious, that it, it doesn't rely on a, on, a, on a very strong conscious thought. You, it's more reactive based on where you're trying 
to actually go in the snow. How much experience do we need to have on snow to be able to have a good set of tactics? It's a great question because I think very little, honestly. When really? I th- when I think about um, some successful programs, you look at the terrain-based learning programs that Snow Operating does, they're essentially, in my mind, creating that scenario for you. They're creating one of the things that I love about their setup is uh, the banked turns. So it's kind of your first turns that you're making is that it gives such a visual outcome of where you're going to go and allows the instructor to to direct people to a very specific locations on the bank turn and it allows the learner to respond and react and use the the little bit that they know as a beginner to actually make that banked turn work for them and they can they they get really quick at correcting that i think sometimes when you're a beginner and you have that complete blank slate you know the perfectly groomed slope is that there's it's almost too blank a slate for them to make sense of where they're trying to go it doesn't quite make sense that's why you know follow the leader has always worked because you're essentially creating the tactical outcome for them and then they respond to that and they can learn how to make the corrections quite quickly how do we bring this into our teaching oh that's a that's a Great question. It's um, really, I think, being very clear about setting up the context of w- where we're, what it is we're trying to make the ski do first, um, and letting people actually explore with that for a little bit. So it's, you know, um, one of the things that I do uh, frequently these days is getting them to think about um, where exactly in the snow is the edge change going to happen? You know, I give them some pretty large parameters of maybe it's the size of a, of a table, right? And so they're going to aim for, they get to pick where that spot is in the snow about the size of a table and try to ski through that and make their edge change in that spot. And what I've done is I've created that opportunity for them to start to figure out exactly how they're going to get there. What's the path that they're going to take to get there to make that one move? Now, when we're going through the edge change, then we can talk about you know, how exactly do we go through that process at that time. But they've picked a very specific location in the snow, and it changes you know, from turn to turn. And the, the piece that it shares with them is they, they take in so much information about how fast they're going, what the angle is that they're approaching that edge change with, what the snow looks like, that they, we tend to make more accurate movements. We get the... The duration, the intensity, the rate, and the timing much more accurate, which is so key to having a, a successful ski run. I was just going to ask, I mean, how many, we're looking at this one specific tactic that we're going to use, but there's so many things that are affecting that. Right. Uh, when you're saying, I want you to uh, get on your, make your edge change in this uh, area the size of this table. Um, it's affected by so many different things, snow conditions. What if it's really soft? What if it happens to be really icy right there? Uh, there are death cookies in there. What, I mean, whatever. You're exactly right. And that's exactly it. And I think sometimes if we uh, aren't aware of how our tactics determine our technique, then we are approaching that edge change with the exact same intensity, rate, timing of the edge change, regardless of what the snow surface is. It's, it's almost like we're trying to hit that tennis ball back into that spot 
regardless, and we're just going to swing at it the exact same way, no matter where it comes from or what spin it has or where it bounces on the court. How many times do we get into that type of skiing, though, where, you know, this is the way I make my turns down the run. This is where we stop. This, I mean, oh, yeah. tactics kind of just go away. It's just this is the way I ski I, or ride. Yeah. I Honestly, it's uh, th- this thought process has really changed my skiing for the better in the past six, eight years. Prior to that, I would I definitely got myself caught up in exactly what you're talking about. I'd think so much about what I was doing and pay so little attention to where I was actually going, how fast I was going, that I'd come down to the end of the run and sometimes I wouldn't even remember exactly where I was on the trail. And and we see people ski like this all the time, accidental collisions. Um, they're suddenly... Uh, completely unaware of a terrain change or the speed change you can see we just it's such an easy sport to get caught up in your head trying to figure it all out because there's so many variables that it's not really something that our conscious mind i think can always grapple with fast enough yeah there's a run i teach on uh, taught there for a number of years but uh, with a program and um, it's steep and then there's kind of a flat spot, and then it drops into a, a much steeper pitch, and you yep. can't see over it when you come to it. And we always stop at the top of that. And I right. thought, why are you doing this? You need to let these people go over this thing without stopping and looking exactly yeah. for tactics. You're exactly right. Yep, yep. It's you never, Yeah, you never know what's going to come right. your way. Yep. And to be a really great, versatile skier, it is, is going to be having to – deal with a little bit of the unknown on the fly there and um, I think the quicker that we can uh, make sense of what we're looking at when we're skiing and and kind of make some quick snap decisions then our body will really respond in very proactive positive ways it's going to do the best choice it possibly can come up with uh, so it takes all the drills and all the training we've done for all the years and and we'll put it to use and now you're kind of making me want to go off on this tangent. <laughs> I'm thinking, <laughs> well, now there's tactics in our skiing and riding. What about the tactics in our teaching to teach those tactics? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a great point, thinking about the um, – yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great question on the fly here. And uh, thinking about, um, you know, it goes back to the presentation we just saw here at uh, – at Academy, um, and, and Shorling's piece on prescriptive versus adaptive um, responses to things. So she was talking a bit about how you have um, prescriptive responses. And they're kind of things that where you know what the set problem is, there is a set answer. For instance, she was talking about how um, we teach new instructors, you know, when they first greet a guest, you know, make sure you take your goggles, you know, pop them up and make eye contact, shake hands, ask questions. But to really get into how do we uh, actually really connect with people on the larger scale, then we have to we have to figure things out a little bit more on the fly. And the outcome is what's more important. So it has a really strong connection like you like you alluded to it's like what's the outcome that i'm looking for in my skiing and by outcome i mean where am i trying to go what's the angle of the turn i'm trying to make how long is it how fast is it what's the snow condition much like 
interacting with uh, a student who is this person <laughs> and i know we've kind of drifted down to people skills yeah right and wandered right to off get back to tactics yeah <laughs> um again though it, like you were talking about the blank slate and this is what really kind of led me down this path was just thinking about that and how many lessons we teach where we lead and the student follows and uh, with tactics, it seems much more like we want to give them a number of different choices for the way they ski down the hill. Yeah, exactly. We want to uh, help them be clear on what the outcomes that they're after are. Where and and the wonderful part about the sport, I think that's so attractive, is um, the choice that we have when we're skiing. We, we each get to decide where we're going to go and how we want to. Um, how we want to ski on the slope. It's our own individual expression, if you will, if you want to get into the oh, really artsy side of it. it. It really is our own, our personalities come out a little bit in our skiing. So I want to get into inner ski with tactics. Yep. And I'm thinking about what you just said and uh, synchronized skiing popped into my head. Oh yeah, sure. Because... <laughs> It was really interesting to watch you because I can pick you out now. Right, yeah. <laughs> Even though you're just matched so well. It's like, oh, there's Josh. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. But, I mean, are your tactics taken away from you? Is that a group think? How does that work? Yeah, and, no. And I, with that, it kind of takes me to a crowded slope. Yeah, sure. Now, the uh, the when you're synchronized skiing, it actually is very heavily tactically focused because you have a. It's not taken away at all. In fact, it's really heavily imposed on you. Um, much. It's much more disciplined, kind of like ski racing or um, other competitive events. In that, you you have an agreement with your team members on what size turn you're going to make, how many turns you're going to make of that size, and when you're going to switch and where the uh actually where the edge change is we would um so we would line up uh, if you if you watch how we line up at the beginning of our inner ski passes we're usually in a vertical line and the purpose of that was that was exactly where our edge change was uh, supposed to be so that created the center seam of our of all of our turns whether they were the big turns or the short turns and we actually um, Jonathan uh, would lead our, my, my group. He and I would have a quick conversation about what was our target at the bottom of the hill. Uh, corner of a building, a tree, whatever it was, a sign. And that created our, our line that we were going to cross. And then within the slope, we had a certain number of each turn that we were going to do. So, um, uh, yeah, you're really committed to the tactical piece, which uh, as a... As a former synchronized skiing coach, I could sit at the bottom of the hill and I could always tell when the skiers stopped paying attention to the tactics because they would lose count or they would miss synchronization. They would lose the rhythm of what they were doing and they'd get caught up thinking about how to ski rather than where they're actually going. And that is exactly where I'd like you to lead us into the conclusion is how much i mean now i assume the tactics for you just come naturally but can we get too caught up in the how do i ski part as oh. we're coming down a hill 
Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, as a ski instructor, it's, it's uh, obviously my biggest threat. <laughs> I kind of knew you know? the answer to that question. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's fascinating because I think as, as instructors, a lot of us get really into where we get fascinated by the ins and outs of how to do it. Um, and I think it's really helpful to keep a clear distinction in our mind of uh, when we're talking about the how to do it, it's really... The purpose, I think, is to help us have a better understanding of how to ski so that we can, uh, when we're teaching, we can take shortcuts. We can, we can shortcut the whole instruction into something very easily understood and digestible for our students. Um, a, a, a great analogy uh, that I've stolen over the years is... Uh, the idea that we, as instructors, we want to know a lot about skiing. It's kind of like knowing the, the, the street map to a city. And you want to know the entire map really, really well so that you can tell people how to take a shortcut to get somewhere. Ah, I love that. It's a, I stole that, ripped that off of Kurt Fahrenbach. <laughs> so if he's listening, I'll, I'll give him the credit for it, if, or my bastardized version of it. <laughs> and the, now the flip side to it is if you only know the shortcuts... Anytime there's construction or the streets closed, you're stuck. So you need to know, I have a very comprehensive understanding of, of the city map so that you can make alternate routes. It's kind of, you know, what a GPS does nowadays, you know, an Uber or, a, or not Uber, like Waze. Of course, Siri just out. tells you where to go. Right. So she takes it away from you. Exactly. But that's, <laughs> it's that same idea. So, um, yeah, I definitely know the... The threat for us out there, for myself included, is I start to get excited about uh, sharing everybody the entire city map all at once. <laughs> um, rather than let them get a chance to discover all the ins and outs of the city on their own um, through those through those tactical pieces, you know. What are the different ways that you can get from point A to point B and, and let them start to discover it on their own and then share with them the understanding, so... I think keeping, uh, you know, when I think about the shortcut, the shortcut is designed to uh, enhance performance and understanding the city map is to understand the sport itself. Can't ask for a better summary than you just gave oh. us. Well, thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> well, Josh, it's, uh, I'm sorry it's been three years, but I'm really glad we had the opportunity to sit down and chat this evening. Thanks. Let's do it again soon. All right. Appreciate All right. it. National team member Josh Fogg joining us on the PSIA ASI Mobile Studios at 2019 National Academy here in Big Sky.